in the general body of the uh, teaching, in terms of uh, ultimate language, the Buddha, in rather sound wisdom, has used lots of different words. And I feel this helps to safeguard grasping onto one word and building it up and up till, until it becomes uh, an unreachable. Because the mind's tendency is to make a gap, take a word, give it high status, give it more substance through projecting into it and it gets further and further removed away from who and where we are. And thus there arises out of that a rather large gap. There are probably 30 different words which are used with regard to the ultimate. In one of the uh, short uh, discourses in the Samyutta Nikaya, the collected uh, discourses, there is rather a longer list uh, of them. So some of those words do would include um, immeasurable, infinite, limitless, emptiness, truth, reality, nirvana, the realm of peace, the immeasurable, etc. And the emphasis in the body of the teachings is to give a sense through the priority that's given to the here and now that it's that which is liberating liberation of course is another word as well is very close at hand it's very immediate so the importance and the significance in the Dharma of emphasis on the here and now is to enable us to look in the conventional way at what is called uh, objects which are the field of the relative to realize that the object is somewhat confirmed and established and fixed by the subject consciousness, the I and the mind and if we can explore that clearly and well, then a sense can arise or be revealed that this is an interpretation, a construction, and even more importantly, a deep sense can arise that life is, nature of it is without any measurement. It's limitless. And Thus, the true nature of things knows no birth and it knows no death. Birthless and deathless. The true nature of things. But we as human beings, with our perceptions, with our limited resources, are looking from our view of from ourself, from the view of the self, looking from the view of the human being, we only seem to know, believe and fix upon limitation, finiteness, measurability, 
and the world of up and down, comings and goings and change. And we have a fixation about looking in this way. And the true nature of things, not subject to all of this dissolution, it doesn't matter whether we are in this world or not, whether this world is here or not. The nature of things is the nature of things. <coughs> but we're caught in the things. We're caught <laughs> up in the things called mind, body and what's going on around us. So this discourse, very lovely, lovely discourses, is on uh, uh, em emptiness. And the great commentator, Nagarjuna, who lived several centuries later, took one or two of the discourses from middle-length discourses and made a commentary called the Mula Karika, discourse on the middle way, consisting of several hundred verses, which in a way explores the kind of statement that's in this discourse. So I'll just go over the discourse uh, a little bit with you. And this is the thread of the inquiry with the Buddha. He states the obvious. What is not present shouldn't disturb us. And then, when something doesn't disturb us, it's empty of any significance for us. Its significance is gained because it starts to disturb us. It becomes something. Putting it around the other way, when something disturbs us, which is not present, something happens in the past, or something with regard to the future, or whatever, when something disturbs us, that impact on us means that it has become something for us. Has some significance, has some importance, we've given it some relevance, it's disturbed, we're disturbed by it. It becomes something. And when we are not disturbed, it is empty of being something, because it's not disturbing. So it says, what's not present shouldn't disturb us. Now, imagine if we just realised this. Life would be one long holiday camp. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately... <laughs> Alright. Self is gained by the movement of our mind, which, the impact, it disturbs us. Maybe something in my so-called past, or something I might do in the future, or what somebody else said, or whatever it might be. So then he says... There is only what is present in this moment. And this moment, called what I see, hear, smell, taste, touch, think, feel, no, whatever, in this moment, this moment, he says, is empty of everything else. So in this moment, there's a small group of us here. We can look out, we see some trees. We can feel some sensation here. And what's outside this moment is not here. It's outside of it. And therefore this moment is empty of everything else. 
doesn't have anything else in it. Everything else is not present to my eyes, ears, nose, tongue, and touch. It's not present. Although it is at this moment doesn't have what's not here, what is not present in this moment clearly supports this moment. What is not present should not disturb because it's not present. 